You guys are still asleep. I can see that. Check, 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 check. Good morning. Welcome to worship. We're so glad you're here. So I've got something that's going to wake you up. All right. If, if there was ever a song that was a, a good song for like church jazzercise, this would be that song. So you got to get, let's stand up and let's get ready. This is a great song called Glorious. All right. Now, here we go. Ready? Glorious, shout it out and glorious, make it loud and Jesus we shout your name, Jesus we make your praise glorious, you are glorious. Forever and ever, how great your name. Your love remains forever and ever. You stay the same. Shout it out, shout it out, if you know he's good. Sing it out, sing it out, for the Lord is good. Shout it out loud, you are glorious. Here we go. Glorious. Shout it out and glorious. Sing it loud and Jesus, we shout your name. Jesus, we make our praise Shout it up if you know he's good. Sing it up, sing it up, for the Lord is good. Shout it out loud, you are glorious. Glorious. Shout it out and glorious. And make it loud and Jesus, we shout your name. Jesus, we make your praise glorious. You are glorious. You are glorious. Sing it with me. Shine, Jesus, we'll shine for. 
want to see you are glorious. Sing that again, same thing. Shine, Jesus, you shine for all the world to see you are glorious. Now fill it with harmony, here we go. Shine, Jesus, you shine for all the world to see you are glorious. You are glorious. You are glorious. You are glorious. Here we go. shout your name Jesus we make your praise glorious you are glorious Are you awake now? Are we awake? At least you are, Todd. You look bright-eyed and bushy-beard. Hey, you guys could grab a seat for just a moment, and uh, we just want to say welcome to First Baptist Church, and uh, if you weren't awake, you are now, and we're glad to have you here worshiping with us. If you're a first-time guest, we, we recognize that every Sunday is somebody's first week to be here, and we just want you to feel welcome and and. I feel a part of our, our church family here, and, and so you'll notice a little white guest registration card there in the pew rack in front of you, and if you take just a moment to fill that out, and at the conclusion of the service, you can return it to our lead pastor. He'll be at our welcome desk. He's got a, a small gift for all first-time guests, and we just love the chance to be able to connect with you personally. I want to take just a moment to remind parents, maybe grandparents, guardians, anybody, if you notice there in your worship guide, you see information about our summer trips for uh, students, both middle school and high school. So uh, the high school trip is a mission trip to Cedarville, Ohio. 
and the, the middle school camp is to Milligan University. So you can see that information in there. I've been, been telling your students about that for the entire month of January. I recognize they might not come home and tell you. So I want you to be aware that that's in there. Go home and ask your students about that information. And so uh, that deposit deadline is coming up here at the end of the month. And so just want to make sure that you are aware of that. As we continue to worship this morning, we want to take just a moment to, to watch a video. Uh, today is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And so back uh, in 1973, Roe versus Wade legalized abortion here in our country in all 50 states. And 38 years ago, uh, Ronald Reagan uh, established the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday where we can just um, take just a few minutes just to remember that God created life and that, that we're called to protect life and and we want to mourn the, the loss of the lives that, uh, the many lives that we've lost through abortion. And so uh, we'll take just a moment here to uh, watch a video and uh, remember those. And, and right here in our own community, uh, you'll see that Life Choice Pregnancy Center is working to protect lives and help young families that might be on the verge of making a decision to have an abortion instead of saving this life. And so watch this and you'll hear a little bit about them. you stand and let's continue to sing. Well, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise and treasures the fade. Never enough well, Then you came along And put me back together 
And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid oh, sing it. to show you my weakness. My failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Here we go. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Better than you, Lord, there's nothing, nothing is better than you. Here we go, ready? Here we go. You turn morning to dancing, you give beauty for ashes, you turn shame to glory you're the only one who can you turn morning to dancing you get beauty for ashes you turn shame into glory you're the only one who Turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Sing it. Oh, there's nothing. Better than you, there's nothing Better than you, Lord, there's nothing Nothing is better than you Oh, there's nothing Better than you, Lord, there's nothing Better than you, Lord, there's nothing Nothing is better than you. That's it, come on. You turn graves into gardens. 
turned bones into armies. That's it. You turned seas into highways. Sing. You're the only one who can. Sing it again. You turned graves into gardens. Here we go. You turned fields into armies. You turned seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Yes, amen. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. We are healed by your sacrifice. Sing it. We are healed by your sacrifice in the life that you gave. We are here for you paid the price By your grace we are saved We are saved He was pierced for our transgressions He was crushed for our sins The punishment that brought us peace Was upon him by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. We are healed by your sacrifice in the life that you gave we are healed by you paid the price by your grace we are saved we are saved he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. And by his wounds, by his wounds.
can wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh Lord, we come before you this morning just acknowledging that you are God and we are not. Lord, we we ask, we ask that you help us to hear from you this morning. Help to open our ears that we may hear from your word. The, the things that you want to say to us as individuals and as a church and as a community and as a, as a nation, as a world. Speak to us, Lord. Help us to, to shine like stars. Help us to shine like the ones you created us to be because you are the light and we are in the light. And so, Lord, we come before you this morning seeking your face, seeking to know your heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Good to see you today. Glad you're here with us to worship together. I'm sharing a series of sermons entitled, Shine Like Stars. That phrase comes from the passage in Philippians that we looked at a few weeks ago. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, that says uh, that we are to be blameless and pure children of God in a twisted and crooked generation that we may shine among them like stars in the sky. So what we're trying to do in this series is try to see from God's Word how can we be a positive witness in a dark world? How we, can we shine like stars for Jesus Christ. So we're looking at passages in the New Testament that use the symbolism of light and darkness and from that to see how God would have us to live. Today we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and Peter um, is in the context of suffering. The theme of uh, 1 Peter is suffering as a Christian. It's, his letter was written at a time when Christians were beginning to be persecuted. It was costing something to follow Christ. And so this passage especially tells us how we can relate to non-Christians and shine like stars, especially when there's opposition to our faith. The emperor uh, at this time when Peter wrote was probably Nero. And you may know that Nero became very opposed to Christians and blamed them for the burning of Rome, made them a scapegoat, and instituted widespread persecution. It, Peter was, this letter was probably written before those terrible events had happened, but nonetheless a time of growing opposition. So how can we shine like stars? Let me share with you, first of all, Peter says, if we're to shine like stars, we must understand who we are. The passage begins by a description of who you are, who I am, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ. And in 1 Peter 2.9, Peter uses four phrases to describe our identity. All four of these phrases come from the Old Testament, from Exodus 19 and Isaiah 43. 
And he wants us to get our identity that we can shine like stars. Here are these four phrases. Verse uh, 9, first of all, but you are a chosen people. You've been chosen for a purpose. So in the old covenant, Israel was the chosen people of God. He chose one nation out of all the other nations to bless the world through them. Now today, under the new covenant, the church, Christians, Jews and Gentiles who believe in Jesus Christ, you're the chosen people. You have a purpose to shine like stars. The second phrase that he uses is we learn to get our identity of who we are so that we can be what we're supposed to be. You're a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. This is an important phrase in Baptist theology. Let me share with you some of the background. Uh, in the Old Covenant, they, God instituted priests who were go-betweens between the people and God. They're the ones who offered the sacrifice for you when you brought your animal to worship. But under the New Covenant, there is no office of priest. The word priest in the New Testament is never used of a minister or of any form of a specialized person. Instead, the Bible says in this verse, you, you, you are a royal priesthood, a kingly priesthood. So you have all the access to God that I have. I've got no more access to God than you do. You have all the responsibility to represent God in the world that I do. I have no more responsibility than you do. There, certainly there is an office of pastor with special uh, roles, but when it comes to representing God or having access to God, I'm glad to pray for you. If you want to say, Pastor, come pray for me, I am honored to pray with you and for you, but that is not because I have any better access to God in prayer than you do. It's just an additional person praying with you. You get it? So you're a royal priesthood. So in the history of the Catholic Church, in the Middle Ages, there came to be a separation. We begin to lose this. A separation between clergy, that's ministers, and laity, that's you. In fact, the word for people in this verse and the next verse is the word laos. It's where the Greek word, it's where our word laity came from. You're the laity. So there became a separation between clergy and laity. And it came in the Middle Ages that when they shared in what they call the Eucharist, or we share the, we call the Lord's Supper, they did not let the laity have the cup. They had come to believe that the wine actually became the blood of Jesus. That's called transubstantiation. And so you certainly didn't want to spill any of the blood of Jesus. So you didn't want to be passing that around to everybody because some of you normal people, you might spill the blood of Jesus. So it was only the priest who took the cup. You only got the wafer, the bread. And so there's that separation. And then the scripture was taken from people. And it was only in Latin. And the priest would read it in Latin, and most people didn't speak Latin, so he'd tell you what it meant. Because again, you common people, you might mess it up if you got this. You need an official interpreter to tell you what it is. When the Reformation began, or before the Reformation, began the recovery of what I'm talking to you about here today, this priesthood of believers. And so Jan Hus uh, began to give the cup in the Lord's Supper to everyone. And that, among other things, got him burned at the stake. The word Hus, Jan Hus, his last name means goose in Czechoslovakian. Have you ever heard the phrase, your goose is cooked? Have you ever heard that? That's where it came from, because they cooked the goose. They burned him at the stake for doing that. And then John Wycliffe came, as we're reversing that separation, John Wycliffe came along and he said, I believe that every person ought to have the scripture in their own language. And he began to translate the Bible into English and other vernacular languages. 
And for that, he was a heretic, and he died before they could burn him at the stake, and so they dug his body up and burned it. You know that they don't like you when after you're dead, they still dig your body up and, and burn it, right? And then Martin Luther came, and there had begun this monastic, so that if you're a follower of Christ, you're sort of, you just go off into a monastery, an abbey or whatever, and he broke that down, and the Reformation began, and so this recovery, and then Baptists came along, and we're the radical reformers that took it farther than Huss, Wycliffe, or Luther, and said, Every person, we will have no priests. Every person has equal access to God and equal responsibility. That's the background of the priesthood of believers. That's a Baptist distinctive that we have from the Reformation that we have radically carried forward that you need to know who you are. If you're going to shine like a star, you're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. The third phrase is you're a holy nation. Okay, if you're going to have this equal access, there's got to be holiness in your life. You've got to be different. You can't be like everybody else because you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You must be a holy nation. The Israel was a holy nation. The church must be a holy nation. And then fourth, you're God's special possession. You, you are particularly belong to God. The King James says you're a peculiar people. Well, that's true. Sometimes some of you are peculiar people, but that word's changed a little bit in meaning. It means that you're, you're different. You're, you're a, God's, a people of God's possession. Don't ever let other people define who you are and tell you that you're less than that. You are God's special possession. What four rich phrases there are that help us to shine like stars because we see we're chosen people, we're a royal priesthood, we're a holy nation, we're God's special possession. Now, because of that, he says, if we are to shine like stars, we must declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Still in verse 9, and it says, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare, or the word is proclaim, or the word is preach. You're a preacher. You're not a pastor, maybe, but you're a preacher. You have no less opportunity. A responsibility to speak. You don't have a big congregation, you got a congregation of your kids and your wife, or you got your class at school, or, but you have an opportunity and a responsibility that you may declare the praises or the mighty acts, some translations say. So if God's done anything big in your life, you need to be talking about it. You may declare the mighty acts. I'll tell, tell you a confession. I'm a football fan. I think sometimes I talk more about the mighty acts of my football team than I do about the mighty acts of God. And I think that's wrong. If I'm so free that I can talk about the mighty acts of my, if I can declare the praises of my football team, but I cannot declare the praises of God, something's wrong in my life. I think that's sometimes true in my life. But this verse says we've got to shine like stars that you may declare the praises of him who called you, here's our symbolism, out of darkness and into his wonderful light. The message paraphrase says, tell of the night and day difference he made for you. Has he made a difference in your life? Then are you telling, I don't mean in some pushy, obnoxious way where you're always badgering people. I mean just as a natural part of your life and my life, in our conversation, if he, if 
He's made a night and day difference. If he's done mighty acts in our lives, then we as a priesthood, royal priesthood, must declare that. We've got to to talk about it. Is God saying anything to you that you talk about a lot of other things and you brag about grandkids or you brag about something else, your sports team, but there's no, but you rarely talk about what God's done in your life. Would God speak to you about that today? Then he says, if we're to shine like stars, we must live in a way that brings glory to God. Well, verse, I didn't read verse 10. Verse 10 says, once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Verse 11 is going to start sharing us, the rest of this passage is going to start sharing what we, how we need to live. It's important that we, share, we talk. You've got to be talking about God. If you're going to shine like a star, you're going to have to open your mouth and say something about God. But that alone is not enough. Now, the rest of this passage is going to tell how we live to back up our words, okay? And we're going to share three things that he says ought to characterize our lives the way we live. First of all, he says, abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Verse 11 says, dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, here's another reminder of your identity. You are like a foreigner in this country. You're a citizen of heaven, but you live here. You're like an exile. You're going to have to be willing to be different. You get it? Same thing about a holy nation. You've got to be willing to be an oddball about some things. You don't have to be an oddball about everything, but there's some things you're going to be an oddball about. Here they are. We're going to tell you. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful or fleshly desires, contrast between the flesh and the soul, from fleshly desires, sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. So there's a a battle going on within you. You're a holy people, you're a royal priesthood, but the sin nature remains in you. So if you're going to shine like a star, you're going to have to take seriously the battle that's going on within you, and there's going to be stuff pushing against you uh, all of the time, what are these sinful nature, uh, these uh, sinful desires? If you don't know what they are, read Galatians 5, 19 through 22. It lists them. The works of the flesh are. It lists 15 things. They include lust, greed, envy, jealousy, drunkenness. Read that list. Those kind of things are going to war against your soul because those impulses are going to remain in your life until your glorification as long as you live. And so you're going to have to do battle. And if you're compromised in that way, you're not going to shine like a star. Your life's not going to back up the words that you're talking. You're not going to be a holy nation, God's special possession. Be who you are. So as foreigners and exiles abstain, you're going to have to fight against these things. So is God, I just want to know if God's saying anything to you by, through his Holy Spirit today. I want you to think about that. Have I not taken the battle seriously? Am I giving in to some of those sinful desires of anger and greed and jealousy and lust and drunkenness? I've got to abstain. I've got to war against them. They're fighting against my soul. Second thing that he says we must do to live if we're going to shine like stars in verse um, 12 is live such good lives among non-Christians that their slander is silenced and that some will believe live such good lives among non-Christians that their slander is silenced and that some may believe. Verse 12, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong. So Christians are going to be 
misrepresented, misunderstood, mischaracterized sometimes. It's always been that way. In Peter's day, they tell us that the, this Christianity was new and there were all these kinds of slander and misrepresentations. Some critics said Christians are cannibals. They're cannibals. They eat people. I went, I went by their church and they were talking about, this is his body. This is his blood. Drink it. And th seriously, that, this was a rumor. This was a slander of early Christians. They're cannibals because of the, the wording of the Lord's Supper. They, they were accused of being atheists. Oh, don't do anything to those Christians. They don't believe in a God because they have no idols. I, this guy I knew, he became a Christian. He, he threw out every God he had. He threw them away. They're, they're crazy people. They're, they're atheists. That was one of the criticisms from history we learn of early Christians. So you see, we're misrepresented today, right? It's just, it's just going to happen. You're going to be misunderstood, misrepresented. How do we counter that? Argue on Twitter. No, that's not what he says here. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He says, live such good lives among the non-Christians that though they accuse you of doing wrong, that they may see your good deed. Now, we talked about how we need to, to talk about the mighty acts of God, but here in this case, he says, mainly what you need to do is live, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Now, what does that mean? Well, the day he visits us, visits us is an Old Testament phrase for the coming of God. He visits in judgment. He visits in salvation. He visited us in the coming of Jesus Christ uh, the first time at Christmas. He's going to visit us again, and Jesus is going to come a second time. Well, when he visits us again, if we've lived good lives among the, the pagans, then it will bring some of them to be convinced of the truth of the message, and they will glorify God on the day he visits us. So it means that you live good lives among them, so it will silence the slander, and for some of them, it will bring them to faith in Jesus Christ, and when he comes again, it will be a good day for them. They'll glorify God on the day he visits You get it? And so there must be some good works in our lives that silence the slander of non-Christians, that we don't worry as much about arguing with them all the time. We certainly will defend the faith when it's attacked, but we don't, we're not worried so much about arguing. We're just going to live good lives among them if we're going to shine like stars. Roy Hattersley is a uh, columnist for a British newspaper, and he's an atheist, but he wrote a column during Hurricane Katrina uh, that devastated the New Orleans area about how the only people that were there helping and that stayed there for years later were Christians. And let me read to you a little bit of what Hattersley wrote. He said, notable by their absence were teams from atheist societies, rationalist clubs, free thinkers, the sort of people who scoff at religious intellectual absurdity. Now, this is a non-Christian writing this. He said, but Christians are the people most likely to take the risks and make the sacrifices involved in helping other people. Hattersley, an atheist, said, my people aren't there at Hurricane Katrina. He said, if we think we're so smart and we're making fun of religion, but we don't do anything to help people. But the Christians that we look down upon, there's a one that, you know, I think people had fulfilled that verse. 
And that response right there, doing exactly what he said. He said, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Is there any good work in your life that is silencing critics? Are you doing anything good for people? The third thing that he says in this list, abstain from sinful desires, live good lives among the pagans, and see is submit for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Submit for the Lord's sake to every human authority. This, he spends five verses on this. In his context, this was the most important, the biggest issue. Verse 13, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. So when you become a Christian, you submit to Jesus as Lord. You say in baptistry, Jesus is Lord. He's boss of my life. That's what it means to be a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. He's boss. So you, there has to be submission in your life. Now with that submission to the ultimate authority, he says we must submit to human authority. Children, obey your parents. Wives, submit to your husbands. You submit to your boss. He says submit to every human authority whether to the emperor as the supreme authority. So now he's talking specifically about in government. And remember, the emperor was not a good guy. He was Nero. He's going to kill a lot of Christians shortly after this. He's not saying submit to your government when you like it or when you've got a good president or one you think is great. Submit to every human authority for the Lord's sake but so that it will reflect well upon the Lord. So your submission to human authority is for a greater reason that nothing will reproach the name of Jesus Christ. And so he says here, submit yourselves to the Lord's sake for every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who are doing right, or to the supreme authority or to lesser authority. So we got a Democrat president, Republican governor. So you probably need to hear this on one side or the other. You probably don't even either like the president or the or the governor, right? So th- here's what it says. Now, does this mean that we always submit? What about when it says in um, Acts chapter five? Let me read to you a few verses from Acts five. The apostle, verse twenty-seven and following, the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, the name of Jesus. Yet you fill Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, "We must obey God rather than human beings." So now, why did Peter, who also wrote this letter, say in Acts five, "We ain't going to obey you"? we got to obey God. And now he says, submit to every human authority for the Lord's sake. Well, the, the key is that you bring it honor to the Lord. If that lesser human authority, which is supreme on earth but not supreme in heaven, contradicts the authority of God, then you have an obligation to disobey government and take the consequences of your disobedience. That is what Peter did in Acts 5. But in 1 Peter 2, he is saying when it does not conflict, you can't just disobey government because you don't like it. You can't just, even because it's evil. Nero is evil. You don't disobey government just because it's evil. You can't not pay your taxes because you don't like what some of your taxes go to or that they go to evil things. The time that Christians come to disobeying government is when it directly contradicts the commandments of God. And when the when people tell you to do something that God says not to do, then you don't do it. And you take the consequences because God's word is supreme. 
But before we get to that point, they had not gotten to that point in this time in Rome yet. Before you get to that, even if Vatican, because the, the thing is, you don't want to be tied in with people who are bringing dishonor to the name of Christ. Because that's, gonna, that's the highest authority for us. We're not going to dishonor Christ. So for the Lord's sake, you're not going to disobey government until it reaches that clear point. And so he says, submit to the government in other cases. For he says in the next verse, verse 15, it is God's will by, that by doing good, you get the theme here of how you shine like stars? It's by God's will that by doing good, you silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Again, in the area of politics, of, of submission to government, he's saying, a lot of people want to say, I want to know what God's will is. I wish I knew God's will for my life. And then we don't obey God's clear will for his li- our lives that are right here in Scripture. It's right here in Scripture. You don't know God's will? It is God's will that, he says, by doing good, you silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Foolish people are going to say, ignorant things. How are you going to respond to them? It is God's will that by doing good, you silence the talk. So it's not enough just to refrain from doing bad. I'm a good Christian. I don't do anything bad. Are you doing anything good? Because it's God's will that by doing good, is there any ministry, any mercy, any love, any kindness, any acts of compassion toward other people? Because that is God's will, that you silence the ignorant talk of foolish people by doing good. Verse 16 says, live as free people. Hey, you're, you're free. You're under the command of only Christ. You're free from the law. But don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. So you can't just go around disobeying government and make a pretext or a cover-up for evil, he says. Live as God's slaves. And then he sums it up in verse 17 by four short commands. Show proper respect for everyone. So Christians are to honor, show proper respect for everybody. No matter what they say, what they teach, what they believe, how they act, they're still humans created in the image of God. And we're a peculiar people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. So we're going to show proper respect to everyone. And in particular, he says then, you're going to love the family of believers. There ought to be a commitment to the church that will show. Remember last week we talked about, a lot of you were in, the, in your pajamas in the snow. That's okay. But we talked about last week that we're gonna, they'll know we're Christians by our love. And so you got to love the family of believers. That's our trademark. And then he says next, fear God. God's the only one worthy of our fear. You don't fear humans. You don't fear government. You don't fear the Antichrist. You don't fear the devil. You don't fear anybody but God. God is the only one worthy of our fear. Fear God. And then it says, honor the emperor. He closes with that hardest one there. You're going to have to respect the emperor. How are we going to shine like stars? Peter says, be clear on who you are. That's the first thing. Your chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation, people of God's special possession. You're going to shine like stars, you're going to have to open your mouth that you may declare the praises of him who brought you out of darkness into light. You're going to shine like stars, your lives are going to back up what you're saying. Abstain from sinful desires that war against your soul. Live such good lives you'll silence their slander. Submit to human authority for the Lord's sake. Every summer in the southeast, beaches, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, sea turtles come ashore and lay their eggs in the sand of the beaches. And then a little while later, those little hatchlings hatch from the eggs and try to make their way 
back to their home in the sea. And God has created sea turtles with that amazing thing, as he has in much of his creation, that they know to go toward the light. And they, the greatest source of light is the moonlight reflecting over the ocean. And so they turn and head toward the ocean. God put that in them. Problem came when we started building these big condos and all of these uh, bars on the beaches, and now there's a source of light in the dunes behind them that had been dark, and they get confused. Which way do I go? And some turn and follow false sources of life that lead them to death. And so there is in beach communities this effort to try to not have lights right on the beach and try to lessen lights at certain seasons so that they will find the true light and go the right way way. There are a lot of people today who become confused by false lights. They're headed in the wrong way. God put within us a desire for him. That's our home. But there's false lights that would draw you in a different direction. Now we as Christians, what are we going to be? I don't want to be a false light, do you? I don't want anything in my life to keep people from Jesus Christ. Don't want anything to bring reproach to the name of the one who saved me. And so let us shine like stars that point people in the right direction that lead us to Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Oh Lord God, right now if you would say anything to us about how we might shine like stars among an unbelieving world. We want to be open. Maybe you're saying something to us that our mouths have been shut when they should have been open about you. Maybe you're saying something to us about how we have given in to sinful desires and we're, we're in bondage and this is not who we are. And, oh, Lord, help us to fight the battle, to turn to you, to find deliverance. Lord, maybe you're saying something to us today about how we've responded to slander and criticism and we need to respond with the character of our lives. Lord, are you saying anything to us about any good that we ought to be doing to neighbors and enemies and those around us? Oh Lord, if uh, our attitude toward government has in any way brought reproach to you, we confess that and we want to honor you in all that we do. Help us, Lord, for the one who brought us out of darkness and light to shine like stars. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me if you will. We're going to sing a song. It's our time of commitment. If God calls you to a specific commitment, you can share that by walking forward and meeting me here. We'll have a decision council will help you. Today you can confess your faith in Jesus Christ. He's the true light of the world. If you'll come to him, you can have your sin forgiven, have a home in heaven forever and ever, have purpose and meaning and joy. You could walk forward right now. If you want to join our church, you could come forward. You want somebody to pray with you. We invite you to respond as God leads you. We are the people of God The sons and the daughters of love Forgiven, restored, and redeemed We're living our lives to the praise of our King We are the ones who will shine His light in the darkness of night Hopeless and broken, the poor They will be hopeless and broken no more You are the light 
You can be seated. Well, it's a great message by Dr. Cox, and as we think about being a priesthood of believers and shining like stars, uh, we also believe that every Christian is a missionary. And so today is I Am Going Sunday. It's when all of our mission trips for 2022 are now open for registration. And I want to take a moment just to highlight some of them so you know what's going on. Our first trip of the year that we'll have going is to Guatemala. It's June 25th through July 2nd. It's going to be a medical mission trip. And uh, we'll be doing clinics with local Baptist churches there in Guatemala. And you don't have to be a medical personnel or, or medically trained to go on this trip. We go as uh, you know, humanitarian aid workers there. And so anybody can go on this trip. If you are uh, a medical personnel or have medical certifications, we would love for you to go with us. But anybody can go on this trip. I want to let you also know that in October we have our Denver mission trip working with Journey Point. This is a community outreach trip working with a church plant. I want you to know about that. And then finally, our last trip of the year will be uh, to Paris, France, where we'll be working with our unreached people group, the Wall-Off people, um, essentially working with uh, IMB missionaries, doing servant evangelism and working with them in any way that we can. So we want you to know about these trips. If we want to shine like stars, uh, show our good deeds so that people will see our Father in heaven and glorify him. We do that locally, but we also do that globally. We do it to the ends of the earth. So we would love for you to join us on these trips. You can register through this uh, pamphlet that's located at the Welcome Center. It's also on the missions wall. And you can always go to manchesterfbc.com and register there as well. So as you think about this, let's take a moment to pray together, and then we will be dismissed. Father, I thank you for the word that we have heard. God, that we are called to shine like stars in the universe. Father, as we do that here uh, in Manchester, Tennessee, in Coffee County, Lord, also burden our hearts for places where there's no access to the gospel, whether that would be in Guatemala or in Denver or in Paris, Father. Lord, we also know that here in a few months, Bonnaroo will be here as well as we'll have the Jesus tent. God, impress upon our hearts the need not only to go locally, but to go globally. We thank you for this all in Jesus' good name. Amen. Shine on the line, the light of the world, and we shine.